fucking again. Ladies and gentlemen, fit like a day. Oi, oi, oi. How the hell are you? I forgot to mention the non-binaries and prefer not to say is, but I hope you're all fucking amazing too. I'm back. Been a couple of weeks off. Um, just a tumultuous fortnight, really. I'll, I'll get into everything. Um, not even 30 seconds in and there's two M's. Rusty, man. Thing is, when I don't do this regularly... You do develop, or rather the bad habits come back. Not that I had any fucking good habits doing this, particularly, but... You know, some episodes are better than others from a technical standpoint, be it sound quality or enunciation and um, volume and pitch of my voice and all that technical pish that I don't know much about. And when you don't do it for a wee while, you you do get rusty. But, to be honest, if you're not up to much, then there's nothing really to fucking talk about. Other than making it an editorial or an opinion piece on my stance on certain subjects. Which I do do, obviously. I'm not going to sit here in, in the cupboard and fucking lie to you. I do do that. I do have opinions on things. But sometimes you don't want to hear that pish. Because you get it from the news or fucking whatever news feeds you've got and various social media platforms. And sometimes it's just nice to tell a wee story or two. And I do have a, a couple of things lined up that I want to talk about. Things that happened over the last week. But first and foremost, how the fuck is everyone? Just stop for a minute and think to yourself... How am I? How am I doing? Whatever you're doing, if you're listening to this on your way into work, at the gym, making your tea, having a shit, whatever you're doing, just take a second right now and go, how am I really? Let's do it together. How, how am I? I'm at baseline, I would say. I'm neither good nor bad. I'm still having some better days than others. But let's not fucking get into that. I want to make this a cheery episode. Having said that, I am, I am going to talk about two funerals I went to recently. So maybe not that fucking cheery, eh? Ugh, fucking... I might as well start... No, I'm going to start with a happier topic. So, last week, I was invited down to one of the offices for the company I work for, by the MD, because she was in the vicinity, and it's been a while since we caught up, so she said, you know, come on down, we'll meet up, we'll have a brunch or a breakfast or what have you, and we'll have a chat. So that's what I did early last Wednesday. I cadged a lift with the one and only Mayor of Bankery. He fucking picked me up and drove me down 
in one of his uh, fleet of <laughs> mayoral vehicles. And it was great. Here's the thing. As I'm sure plenty of you realise, if you do road trips or travel regularly, especially with work, podcasts have been fucking great for just helping the time go by. But what's even better, a lot of the time, not all the time, but a lot of the time, is having a road trip companion. And that, it's a couple of hours, well, like three hours, give or take, for where I live which we've been in a year past Friday, we've been in this new house. Where the fuck did that go? I know people say, oh, this year goes quick, and they've said it about previous years, but holy shitballs, it's fucking November. What happened there? Anyway, so it's a couple of hours, give or take, from here down to Edinburgh, where the one of the company offices is. But for the mayor of Bankery, He's got a lot of red tape to get through. You know, he has to clear it with his personal security. He has to make arrangements for the the kingdom to be looked after in his absence. There's just a lot of bureaucracy that that man has to go through on a day-to-day mayoral basis. And he took time out of his busy schedule to run me down to Edinburgh. And it was fucking great. I did. I was going to take the mic... Well, I did take the microphone because I thought, you know, we could do a car cast. But ultimately... It was just nice to sit and have a chat with him for... I mean, we talked. When we got to Edinburgh, we were like, holy shit, we're in Edinburgh. What happened there? Just everything's whizzing by. What the fuck is going on? So we went in, and it was nice. I met some people I hadn't met before. Uh, I met some of my the work colleagues that I haven't seen for, well, fucking 18 months more, you know, because I've been off work with it after the accident and... Then there was the lockdown and people were working from home and all the rest of it. So it was nice to see some of those people again. And yeah, it was just... It sounds strange because I know a lot of people like a day off and like holidays and that. But when you're not in work every day, like I haven't been for a wee while, it's actually nice to be back in, even though you would say it was a... Not makeshift, but, you know, I, I'm i still technically off work, so I didn't really do any work, I, you know. I, I brought my laptop and that with me because I thought, I just don't want to sit there like a spare prick all day. So, you know, I took care of some IT issues and I went through some emails and that and had a chat with some of the asset managers about some of the sites and, you know, spoke to a few of the higher-uppers about my hopes and how I think or what I think a return to work will look like. I mean, I've still got another couple of appointments and a couple of surgeries to come up at some point between now and Christmas. Hopefully they'll get done before Christmas. And then um, once I'm discharged from everywhere, then a return to work can start. A plan to return can start, so... Excuse me, I'm just going to take a sip of my coffee. I'm all fucking kitted out the day, like. Got my water, got my coffee. I'll tell you what, though. The heating's been on, because it's bastard November. And I am sat in this cupboard fucking sweating. 
I think for the winter months I'm just going to have to do it in the studio. I know the audio's better in here, but I'm sweating buckets, man. I might have to crack this door. Let me just crack this. I hope the sound quality doesn't diminish too much. It shouldn't do, but that's a nice wee breeze coming in now. Yeah. Um, another um. Maybe I should set an um quota and donate to charity for every time I break that quota. I'm going to edit that out. So the trip down with Greg was great. Just chatted about fucking everything. About work, about um, hobbies and fucking stuff like... The thing with interesting people like the Mayor of Bankery is there's a never-ending stream of topics for conversation. Which is why you have people coming back on the podcast and why other podcasts... Fucking try that word again. Podcasts have return guests all the time because there's so many avenues for discussion that you can go down. It's great. So... Yeah, the trip down went by in the blink of an eye. And then all day in the office, went out for the brunch and that. And that was all good, catching up with people. And then we were actually quite late in leaving. We didn't leave the office until like half six. And the journey home was just as quick. And again, I didn't crack the microphone out. I was going to. But then I thought, no, no, it's it's more organic, a, a conversation. I'm used to chatting in front of this fucking thing now. But some people aren't. And I think if they know there's a microphone on the go or things are being recorded, they might hesitate to say stuff. And not just stuff that's crude, air quotes, or obscene or whatever, but stuff that they might think, oh, maybe... Maybe that's private, or maybe that's gossip, or maybe that's not supposed to be known. So they, they, they can hold back a little. And I just wanted him to relax and get us home safely so he can return to the kingdom unscathed and I can get home. But because of the, the free-flowing chat, the trip home was... Like, literally, we pulled up outside the house, and I was like, fucking hell, home already. I mean, it was like nine o'clock, it was late, you know, later than a, a normal working day, whatever the fuck they are these days. And, uh, and that was that. So that was a nice, that was a nice wee adventure. That place we went to for breakfast, so I'm not going to name names, but... It was quite disappointing because I'm, uh, it's no stranger to people who know me, I'm on the chunkier side, although I am doing something about it. Slimmer of the week again this week at Fat Club, fucking like it. Got my certificate. The uh, Slimmer of the Week prize was a bit fucking sparse, but I went for the morning session rather than the evening one I usually go to. And there was a kiwi, a satsuma, and a fucking tin of tuna. Not even, not even the full multi-pack of tuna. One tin of tuna. Somebody had taken it out of the multi-pack and gone here. Whoever wins it can have that. So yeah, fucking cheers, guys. But anyway. So this place we went to, and the menu looked great. 
They had all sorts of stuff. Eggs Benedict, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, avocados a la Cumberbatch. Uh, they had fucking, uh, what was it, baked something. Baked something uh, dusted in the breath of the pot washer under a fucking glass dome. And it's £400 a month for six months. Direct debit to pay for the experience. And as you're eating it, a guy walks past every four seconds and bats you on the head with a wooden spoon. That kind of place, you know. I mean, they have textures of toast. Not just fucking, can I get a boiled egg and sojers? It's panko breadcrumbs and uh, textures of halloumi with a fucking sea bream froth. Well, not quite that bad, but that sort of idea. And then, of course, there was a, a breakfast. I mean, it was the breakfast menu, but there was just the the full Scottish breakfast, as it was. But there was nothing full about it, and the only thing Scottish was the Baston Tatty Scone. It wasn't even Lorne on the fucker. And it was sausages. Well, this is what the menu said. Sausages, bacon, Tatty Scone, tomatoes, which can immediately fuck off. Mushrooms and uh, eggs. Oh, and beans. And, and a ramekin of beans. Well, I just said beans, but a ramekin of beans turned up. Well, a ramekin of bean. Because there was like a fucking teaspoon of beans in it. But then, um, I mean, I really shouldn't complain. And I'm not complaining. I'm critiquing. I think there's a difference. Um because it was a works function we, like it was paid for so you know fucking first world problems wise up but like I say I'm critiquing not complaining so what turns up on this apparent full Scottish breakfast is two sausages which were very nice two of the thinnest rather narrowest rashers of bacon I've ever seen. Um, a fairly big tatty scone, but it had the texture of corrugated cardboard and the fucking density of a oak plank. And it had two fried eggs on it. And then the mushrooms was one mushroom, the cap of one mushroom. I told them to bin the tomato, but I thought I could have at least got a second mushroom or second cap of a mushroom in place of the tomato, but no. And then, uh, yeah, like a fucking egg cup full of fucking beans. Nothing full about it. Mayor of Bankery, man after my own heart, also went for the full Scottish. And it, it tasted nice, but I'm not well suited to those types of places. I like a... I wouldn't say a fucking Weatherspoons or something, but maybe like a, a beef eater or a harvester. Something that's, you know, can be nice. And the food is nice, don't get me wrong. If you've got a beef eater grill... There's some fucking delicious stuff in there on on offer. But 
and then, so, do you want teas and coffees? Tea, you know, whatever. I was like, coffee, please. And they come out with the uh, with your coffee in a fucking contact lens, and that's it. That's fucking. That's all you get. No offer of a refill. I think if you'd asked, maybe you'd have got, but I don't think it would be a, like a free refill. I think you would have to fucking pay for it. But it was nice to see everyone and to have a chat. And like I say, it was bought, so it's fucking wasn't wasn't bad at all. A nice wee a nice wee morning out. And then, like I say, rest of the day sort of busied myself and caught up with folk. And then we come home. So that was that was that was the Wednesday last week, which was. Which was a nice break because it was a, it was a shit week, because we'd had. A week before Halloween, we'd uh, scattered my grand's ashes, and at the old bridge at Craigellachie over the Spey, which is the same place we scattered my granda, so that was quite fitting. But it was just a small gathering because she didn't want any fuss. So there was me, my folks, my sister, and my my great aunts, and my granny's cousin and her fella. And my mum's cousins, my second cousins. Just taking a mouthful of coffee, excuse me. In fact, I'll just finish it off so I don't kick the mug and fucking spray Kenko Milicano product placement all over the inside of the cupboard. Yeah, so it was a nice wee float of ashes down the river spay. And then we went to Christie's and Falkabers afterwards for, I guess you call it high tea, which was, that was nice. It was like sandwiches and all that shit. Wee cakes and that, which it isn't on par with the diet, but, you know, it's a fucking wake. And then when I got home that night, my dad calls me to say that I it was my maternal grandmother. My, so that night, my dad calls me to say that my uncle... I'm not going to say his name. My uncle died. My paternal, well, blood, no. Uncle through marriage. He's married to my auntie, which is my dad's sister. And yeah, he'd taken a fucking massive heart attack in the car and just died like. They were on their way into Elgin to get some stuff and apparently they were talking about my cousin's recent wedding and, uh, yeah, he just, he made a noise and uh, my auntie said, you know, are you, are you okay? Is that, is that all you've got to say or something like that? And then apparently he just slumped over, so she had to do CPR and all that shit at the side of the road and on the phone to the 999 and all that stuff, which must have been fucking terrible. And like the psychologist, my shrink psychologist, whatever, tells me, I have a kind of unique perspective on death in that for a period of time, I'm not sure exactly how long, I died, you know. I came back, obviously, but I felt my heart stop and had that moment where I thought this was it. So it was a different thing, but I kind of almost know how he must have felt at the time and it's a fucking shame I tell you 
there was a fear. When it happened to me, there was a fear. Not of dying. There was an acceptance of dying. There was a fear initially when I realised what had happened. And then I had the, not not your life flashing before your eyes, but the, and I've covered this before, If you know, I'm not going to get too heavy into it, but people that have listened before kind of know the story, so. But there was almost a disappointment that everyone I knew or had known or would have the opportunity of knowing that was going to be over. And because I'm quite a social person, I do enjoy meeting up with folk and shooting the shit and having a laugh. There's nothing better than sitting down with a group of your mates and just being safe and comfortable in the knowledge that you can just bullshit and make each other laugh and, you know, put the world to rights, as it were. And I I imagine that his thoughts, I mean, by all accounts, it would, it would have been a massive heart attack he had. I don't even know if he'd have known much about it. But I tell you something, in that, in that last moment, as his consciousness was leaving, if it was anything how I felt, and not, not to bring this to me, back to me, like, I know it's my podcast and whatever, but I'm just trying to relate it. Maybe is trying to work through it in my own mind. The, the If he had a last thought, I imagine it would have been very similar process of his mind going, what the fuck is happening? You know, and being scared. And then there would have been a moment where he'd have thought, that's it. You know, and all these people and his life experiences, whatever, and situations and scenarios. And it happens quick. I mean, really, really quick. I don't know whether it's the... The, uh, apparently, there's a DMT can get produced in the brain at the moment of death. And that's what causes this massive internal hallucination. And it's the way of the brain sort of making the process of dying easier. Anecdotally, I've heard anyway. So I, I am, I think, I don't know, obviously... Because there's no way of knowing. There's only the people that have come close and then are fortunate enough to come back. But I think he would have had a similar sort of experience. But then just they they couldn't they couldn't get him back. You know, and that must have been at at the moment where you realise what's happening. It's pure terror. I mean the. I've been scared before, but that, that was terrifying, and he must have been so scared. And then there's an instant where it just stops. I mean, and I never believe in what you will, if you believe in reincarnation or an afterlife, or you don't believe in anything. I certainly didn't experience anything after my heart shut off other than it luckily starting again and coming back to. 
but he didn't. So, has is there a bit like when you get past that hurdle? Does it wait a minute and then it goes, "Welcome to part two? Who knows? I'm not a religious person, and I'm not going to start talking about religion because that's the things they say you should never talk about is politics, religion, and money. But. I know enough to also know that I don't know. And anyone who says they do know, you're a liar. Because you can't know. You can hope, and you can guess, and you can think, and you can believe, and you can have faith. Or not. You can do all that, that's in your entitlement. But anyone who says they know for a fact is a liar. And if you're sitting there going, well I know, you're a liar. And I'll say that, and I'll stand by it. You can't know. So, that was my uncle's passing. And the la I hadn't seen him in a couple of years. For various reasons. I mean, you know, people are busy. They've got lives to lead, and pandemics, and fucking just, you know, moving away, and what have you. But when I did see them, my auntie and my uncle... It was nice. It's nice to see your family. Even if you don't see them often, it's nice to see them. They're like old friends. But what really hit me, because I went to the funeral, which was last Friday, and there was lots of people there. I mean, he really must have been... I mean, I knew he was a great guy. Even though we weren't particularly close, he always had a smile when I saw him. And he was always, how are you doing you know, asking how you are and taking an interest in people and everyone and he was big into his wildlife and he did a lot of work for the Wildlife Trust and he was a well-read man very, very well self-educated man he liked to have books on the go and liked to understand a topic and, and my cousins are great people I mean, they've grown up to be fine, fine adults so they're a couple of years younger than me, but um, aye, the the turnout it just it really shows. It's testament to the character of a person how many people, not just family but friends and former work colleagues and associates, turn up to your service. I don't want a service. I I wouldn't mind people getting together and shooting the shit and having a drink. More of a party than anything else, because that's how I like to live when I get the opportunity, is to be in a social gathering and have a good time. And that's how I'd, I'd want people talking about, oh, fucking remember when he did a podcast and whatever happened to that and, you know, stories about me and have just, if you can, I know it's a sad time, but you also get to cherish the pleasant memories. And there was some with my uncle. But the, the turnout was massive. I mean, it's not a huge church in Rothis, but it's a couple of hundred folk, at least. I mean, there was upstairs, downstairs, the pews were full. Um, and, like I say, I'm not a religious person, but the, the service, the ceremony was nice. And then, obviously, the direct relatives only went for the internment because they're still... Well, they want to do that in private, so like his grandkids and my cousins and what have you. And then it was on to the wake in the the, the Grant Hall, 
afterwards and I sat with some of my aunties and uncles and cousins that I hadn't seen for a wee while and that was actually nice. It was a sombre occasion but we still got to have a good chat and a catch up and that was nice. And I said, you know, that as I said previously, people are busy, they've got their lives to lead, there's stuff going on in their own social circles and their own work and their own colleagues and their own hobbies and interests and schools and, you know, parents of other other kids and what have you. But I said that, excuse me, I'd like to make more of an effort to keep in touch because it, it, despite how hard you try, you do ultimately end up taking some of these people for granted and when what's funny well it's not funny when I was at the little gathering for scattering my grand's ashes I actually passed by my aunt and uncle's house on the way home and but I was running late because I was behind speaking to my auntie and that they weren't going on to the the wee high tea, whatever, brunch, whatever the fuck. So I was stood speaking to them, so I was late for meeting everyone else. But I passed my other, my paternal auntie and uncle's house on that day, the day he died, and I thought, oh, fuck, if I had more time, I'd go in. But as it turns out, at the time I, I was thinking of that, he was either, well, they were on their way to Elgin, so he was either, sadly, dying or already did so dinner I, I fucking take it for granted arrange weekends arrange to meet up and dinner be waiting for someone to message you you message them i did it i, I try and do it more now like people on facebook that i want to keep in touch with because as I've said before, my opinion is is like Facebook is a lazy form of communication because it doesn't take any effort, personal effort, to actually approach the people you want to specifically speak to. You can just put out a blanket, fucking, oh, I'm checked into A&E and people go, oh, you okay, hun? Like, I, I don't know if that's attention-seeking or if you just... You can't think specifically in a crisis who should know, so you just put out blanket fucking... I'm at A&E if you want to get in touch with me, my phone might be off. And then some people on your friends list who maybe aren't close to you but still on that list give it, oh, I hope everything's okay and all the rest of it. Which I think, like, if you... I put out posts when I'm on my way to the hospital and but people know why I'm on the public transport. They know I've got an appointment and it's a way of just me letting people know that I'm having an appointment. They don't need to know specifically. I'm not going to text everyone and be like, okay, appointment today, appointment today, appointment today. And I tag it with a bus wanker because I'm on the bus and I try and make light of the fact that it's not a very fucking nice thing I'm doing. But it keeps people updated without being too specific, without naming names. And I, you know, maybe that's a bit hypocritical of me. Maybe I should fucking stop doing it.
But regardless, I'll message people individually and say, hi, just checking in. I did it the other day with a couple of people I hadn't spoke to in a while and I messaged them and just said, hey, just haven't spoke to you in a while, just checking in, see how you are, hope everyone's well. Sometimes they message back, sometimes they don't. And I would hate to send one of those messages and find out that that person's passed away, which, you know, if I live to be 80, then I'm halfway through my life. It's going to get to the point where people of an age start passing away older relatives and older friends and that. Fucking, what was I saying about keeping this cheery? Jesus Christ. Very introspective and morbid. But this is the, this is the final thing I'm going to say about it. I would hate to be thinking about messaging someone to maybe meet up, to catch up, talk about days gone by, plans, what they're up to now, you know, are they fucking retiring, working, kids, whatever, and like, either not hear back or find out through the grapevine that something's happened. You know, I was, I was 38 when I had my accident, and that is too early to be taken from this fucking world. Not that I was, but I nearly was, is the point. And there's people all over the place from you know, fucking ill health or accidents or whatever being taken. So don't miss the opportunity to have a catch-up with people that you may not have spoken to in a while, but you occasionally think about and wonder how they're getting on. Reach out, message, Facebook Messenger. And what I do is I go and messenger and if I don't have their phone number or I think that their phone number might have changed over the years or whatever it is, if they're on Facebook, you can guarantee to get a message to them. And then I just say, hey, what's your number? I prefer texting. And, you know, they go, oh, I prefer to use Messenger. Then fair enough, fuck it, whatever. Do what you like. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I just don't think you should waste the opportunity to catch up with people. Because you inadvertently do take it for granted and then one day they're gone. You know, if I'd been a little earlier... I could have seen him one last time and I realised that I took the fact that I knew where they lived for granted. You know, sometimes when I was through there visiting my parents, which they don't live too far away, I would think, oh, I could nip over and see auntie, well, my aunt and uncle, but now I can't and that's sad. So, so yeah, so that was the, the two the two funerals that were either side of my fun day down to Edinburgh. But then the weekend just gone was much better because my other half's brother had uh, a big birthday. So we went round to theirs and we played Cards Against Humanity and we had food and tea and coffee because it was through the day and we had to get home so we weren't drinking Boo! I was actually secretly, between you and me and all the clothes hanging up here, I was looking forward to a cheeky day sesh. Like, I do enjoy a cheeky day sesh. But it was still fun. And we got him a cake. And, oh, fucking, the fucking cake 
Jesus Christ. So I was tasked with taking a picture down to a well-known brand of Supermarché that does photo cakes. I don't need to say any more. I think if you fucking, you can figure it out, you're all intelligent people, well, most of you. Although I'm not going to name names on that either. So I take this picture down to the, the supermarket and I go to the bakery section and there's nobody there because I think they've, a lot of these brands have stopped the in-house bakery bitty. I remember going to one, a different one, down the road from us, and we were told that they ship all that stuff in pre-made and they just pretty much fucking reheat it in the kitchens, in the, in the markets. like. And that's not just this one, that's a lot of them that do that. Your Every Little Helps do that. And uh, fucking your Green and Yellas do that every day. All, like ship it in and reheat it on the premises which is why it, a lot of the things like the croissants now taste shit so anyway I'm stood at the bakery bit and I see the machine for ordering your photo cake so I never used it before but fucking it can't be hard can it well I read through the thing and it says step one Insert photo or dongle or text or uh, Bluetooth the picture you want to to or to print to order. So I get the photo out and I open the wee bitty and I put the photo in and it, you know press to scan. So you scan and a little preview comes up and you go, is this okay or do you want to do it again? So it took me a couple of times to get the positioning right, but I got it. And then you can put a nice frame around it. You can change the font you can pick extra text you can resize the photo pretty good like pretty straightforward and you know you can add little uh, like clip art pictures and stuff so it's nice so i get it all set out and it says uh um or it say what kind of cake would you like and you can have chocolate or like a victoria sponge like a raspberry sponge kind of thing so i'm like raspberry sponge and it says size, it says fit picture to cake. Fucking yep, fit picture to cake, thank you. Um, when do you want to collect it? And I'm like, well, I want it to be quite fresh. This like it's, this was on the Tuesday last week. So I wanted it to be fresh. You know, I wanted to get there in plenty of time, get it done in case there was any problems that arose then there was plenty of time to sort it out. So I said, went in on Tuesday and I says, right, Saturday between 8 and 11 because we were going over there at half 12. So that's a picture done, format done, the font, everything done, fucking fit to cake, pick it up on Saturday between 8 and 11, done. Print, whatever. So it prints out this receipt and there's a little black and white photo of what you've ordered and it says, fit to cake, Pick up Saturday between 8 and 11, order number, blah, blah, blah. So great. And then at the bit at the bottom it says, uh, when you come to pick up your cake, your design, let us know you're here. It'll take a little bit of time to prepare it. So I go, okay. I'll fucking, I'll uh, come down at like 10 after the gym. 
that's an hour. That should be plenty of time. So anyway, the plan is we need to go and get more puppy pads because one of the Senor Dugs is still pissing and shitting everywhere. And because we had to leave them here on Saturday, we were going to take them to the dog park at 11. So I had a wee re, re, revamp, revamp, is that the word? A wee reshuffle about of my provisional plan. I hadn't written anything down, but I thought, right, if I'm back from the gym, quarter past nine, to, by the time I triple S and take them to the park and get down for a cake, that should all be good. By We should be back and done by fucking midday, no problem. So... I need to remember to talk about that, actually. Oh, no, I'll carry on with this. So Saturday comes. I go to the gym. I don't get my full workout because I'm conscious of the time. And it's like... Ten, 9 o'clock, 10 past 9. Because I'm thinking, as I'm on the bike at the end of the, the session, I'm like, fucking, actually, I need to get a bit of a spin on here because we've still got to get to the dog park, get triple s shit shower shave, get to the dog park, get to the shop to pick up the fucking cake and then get ready, like, dressed, like, jeans and smart cash because I'm just in my uni daily uniform of fucking joggers. I thought, I'm not I'm not going to run about getting a cake and going to the dog park and that, wearing my fucking outfit for going to the house. So... Joggers and that it is. So I get back at, like, ten past nine... Other half is, she's up, she's bimbling about. And I'm like, right, I'll get ready and then uh, we'll get get these pair of bastards. I'll go get the cake and then I'll get this pair of bastards to the dog park. And she's like, right, fine, I'm going to have my tea and my toast. It's like, great, fantastic. So I get ready and I come downstairs and she's still sat in her fucking nighty trawling fucking social media. I'm like, the fuck are you doing? We've got to take this pair of Muppets to the dog park in like 10 minutes and then we've got to go to fucking the shop and get the cake and that. And she's like, well, it'll only take me 10 minutes. I'm like, bullshit it will. It takes 10 minutes to get there and I want this pair of bastards run about knackered so they don't spend the time that we're away wrecking a joint and fucking pebble dashing the walls. Just spraying fucking skitters about like a garden sprinkler. The pair of Hispanic bastards. So, she says, right, well, I'll get a shower when we get back. If you drop me at the dog park, go get the cake. And then come back and get me. And we can do it that way. And I'm like, hmm, that makes sense. We'll do that. So she smacks on a pair of joggers and a jumper over her nighty. And we take these two Mappet beasts to the dog park. And I decide on the way back, I'll nip into the wee pet shop and get the puppy pads then, rather than go past it to go all the way down to the shop to get the cake, to come all the way past it again to go get her from the dog park. So I stop at the pet shop, and just as I stop, my phone goes. And it's the stepdaughter. And she's and I'm like, why is she phoning me? She usually phones her mum. And I was like, oh, maybe she's forgotten her phone. So I go, hello. And she says, I'm in labour. I go, what the fuck? like 10 weeks, 12 weeks early, whatever. She goes, no, no, I'm joking. She says, I'm just close to your house and I'm bursting for a pee. It's like, fucking hell, you gave me a heart attack. 
So I let her in, and I go get the get go to the shop. I nearly said the name of the place then to go get the fucking cake. I just say, "Help yourself to a tea. I'll be back." So I go down to the shop, and I've got my wee ticket, my order, and I go all the way up to the back to the bakery bit, and I can hear voices behind like the racking, but in the actual bakery counter bit, there's nobody there. So I'm like, shit, do I stick my head in? Do I shout over the shelving? What do I do? And then I see a lassie coming out the staff bitty, like where they take all the stock and stuff. And I say to her, I say, excuse me, I've got this ticket here for a, a photo cake. And she goes, okay, you just need to stick it in the machine and print it off. You need to pick a cake and, like print it off with the screen I said oh okay I says well I've picked a, a raspberry sponge cake she goes okay well you just need to print it off and I'm like what that machine prints as well and she like rolled her eyes at me and let out a oh like a scoff and said no one of us needs to do it and I said okay well can you do it she says oh you need to select it from the machine I said I, I said I'm sorry I don't understand. I, I have selected from the machine. I says, here's my ticket. She goes, right, well, you just need to print it off. I said, okay. I don't fucking work here. Where do I print it off? And she went, no, one of us has to do it. And I'm like, am I speaking fucking Mandarin? Here, I've got the ticket. I would like someone to print it off for me. And she goes, yes, you need the machine to do it. I'm like... Okay, how do I access the fucking machine? And she says, one of us needs to do it. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not understanding you here. Can you do this for me, please, or not? And she went, oh, I'll go get someone. I'm like, fuck me. Is there something, am I, was I not talking clearly when I said, hi, I'd, I've ordered a cake, can I get this fucking cake, please, you fucking bitch? So a boy comes out. And she's with him, and she goes, oh, it's him. I was like, fuck you very much. So the guy comes over and he says, hi, can I help you? And I says, yeah, I've got this ticket here. I've ordered a photo cake. I would like it printed off, please. And he says, certainly, what cake would you like? I says, it's a raspberry sponge. And he says, what size? And I go, well, um, I don't know. What sizes have you got? And he says, well, what size would you like? I said, well, fucking, what size can you do? And he says, well, what size would you like? And I'm I'm just looking at him like, am I, there's something not fucking clicking here. Am I being a fucking mentalist? What is happening? So I say, well, I've got this ticket and the order says the photo's fit to cake. And he goes, yes, but what cake would you like? I says, well, it's a raspberry sponge. He goes, yes, but what size? I go, I don't know what fucking sizes you do. I don't have the fucking same uniform on as you. I don't have any uniform on. Whatever fucking cakes you have through the back there, let me know and I'll have one of them. And he goes, well, what size would you like? And I'm like, this is, am I in a fucking different dimension here? You fucking moron. 
I don't know what sizes you stock. Tell me what my options are and I'll fucking pick one. And he goes, you can have medium or large. And I'm like, is that it? That's what was difficult about that. I can have medium or large. Well, I'll have a fucking large one, please, you cock end. Jesus Christ. Now, my psychologist says that it's because I have PTSD that my reactions are heightened and my fuse is so short. But I think it's because I'm dealing fucking seemingly daily with artards. Holy fuckballs. So I give the guy the ticket and I say, I'll have a Baston Large Raspberry Sponge, please, as per all the details on the order that this fucking machine took four days ago, you prick. I didn't call him a prick, but I felt like it. So he goes away through, and I'm just stood there fizzing. And there's a wee lassie looking at the machine, and she taps me on the shoulder and says, Excuse me, how do I upload a photo to this? And I said, oh, Fucking don't get me started. I says, If you, you can scan it, or it's got a thing for Bluetooth. And she goes, Okay, thank you, I'll have a look. I says, I scanned it. And she went, No, I'm going to Bluetooth it. I was like, Okay, that's fine. I get the hint. I'll just go fuck myself. Cheers. So about 10 minutes goes by, and time's ticking on now, because I'm aware that the other half's at the dog park. She's only there for an hour, and then she's got to come back. We've got to get ready. The stepdaughter's in the house, on her own. Fucking times, times are ticking here, do you know what I mean? Excuse me. So this shitbag, that's unfair to call him a shitbag, but I stand by it. This shitbag comes out from through the back with the, the picture printed on fondant, fondant, whatever, icing. And he says, uh, the yellow isn't working on the printer, so I just want to check, is this the colour you ordered? Is this, is this, does this look right? And he showed me it, and I went, no, all the fucking yellow's missing. And he went, hmm, yeah, I thought so. I said, so, what, what do we do about it? And he said, well, nothing. I said, so, so you come out to can check with me that this was right, knowing full well that it's wrong, brought me into this aspect of this particular transaction and then tell me there's fuck all you can do about it. And he goes, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Well, thank you for nothing, you absolute walloper. You fucking doheed. So I said, yeah. That'll have to do then. If there's nothing that can be fucking done about it because your printer's broken and the yellow doesn't work, I don't even know why you brought it to my bastard attention. It's not like you can print off a different one if the fucking printer's broken, you shithead. So he goes away back through and sticks it on the cake and he comes back out with the cake and I'm just like, thanks, have a nice day. Because I thought, above all else, at least ask him or wish him a nice day because maybe he's having a bad day and that's why he was an absolute shitwad. So I take the cake down to the customer services bitty and I explain the rudeness of the first bint and the ineptitude of the second guy and the customer services lady says, uh, says I'm sorry sir, I'm not sure what I can do about it. I'm like, how's about some money off? She says, well, we can't because these cakes aren't manufactured by us. They're uh, a catering company makes them and then they're shipped in. It's actually a third party company that operates this facility. I said, but it was one of your guys that printed it off. 
And it was one of your colleagues that was fucking rude to me. She goes, I know, but again, there's nothing There's nothing really I can do. I'm like, she can't take like £2 off a £17 cake, you fucking bitch. I didn't call her a bitch. And you shouldn't call people that, because it's not very nice. But shitwad, or asshat, or fucking doheed, dickwad, that's all okay. I'll let, like, help yourself, fucking fire in. <laughs> So this shitbag says, no, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. So I had to pay £17 for a fucking cake that the picture was the wrong colour because their printer was broken. And these two people who had the IQ of a fucking Bernard Matthews turkey burger just, like, I must have been speaking fucking Swahili. Honest to fuck. I've told a couple of people this story and they've laughed, but... I mean, I'm getting so like my dad because I couldn't believe. I He would phone me and be like, you'll never guess what's happened. And I used to sit with bated breath waiting for whatever saga was about to unfold. And now my, I'm experiencing things very fucking similar. Unbelievable. So that was that cake fiasco. We ended up going round to theirs. Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink. That's better. So yeah, we 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 went round and we had a game of cards against humanity, which is great fun. And we uh, had food and good hashtag bants, and it was a lovely day, really nice day. So that was that was Saturday. Um, her indoors was ready on time. We all got there and had a great laugh. And our brother had a nice birthday. And we all had a good giggle, and it was it was nice. After a shit Friday, it was just the Saturday that the doctor ordered. It was good, really good. Had a lovely time. And um, Sunday we didn't do much. What? Well, well, I tell you what else happened Saturday actually. I forgot about this little minor detail, was when I come back with the cake from that fucking arsehole of a place, I'm upstairs getting ready, the other half's upstairs getting ready, and her daughter's downstairs just fucking bimbling about, having a cup of tea and that, when all of a sudden I'm brushing my teeth and that, and she shouts up, you know, Mum, the dog's peeing, and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So I go downstairs, and it's not the new, the newer one, Henry, that's fucking peeing. It's the one we've had since July that's fucking pissing. Who should know better, the Spanish bastard. So I'm like, fuck you, get out. So I put them both outside, and then she comes downstairs after and says, what's going on? Oh, did Henry pee again? And the stepdaughter says, no, no, it was the other one, the original one. And she's like... Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. And that's when she made the decision, or that was the final nail in the decision that we're going to get rid of the dogs because I didn't want the dogs to begin with. It was for her peace of mind. She wanted the dog for her mental well-being. And who the fuck am I to argue against that? Excuse me. But it's getting too much there. From a 
a selfish sort of standpoint, they're just as tying as the old dog was. In that we're constantly having to fucking let them out because they seemingly will both just piss and shit in the house as they see fit. And we've tried, we put down heaps of puppy pads and the fucking bastard will dig up the puppy pads, take a shit on the carpet and then rake the puppy pads back over. The f- fucking bastard. This carpet, I mean, we've only been in a year, like I say, a year last Friday. That carpet's going to need to be binned. It's going to need to be exercised. Exorcised, not ersized. And burned on a fucking pyre. Because it's been shit and pissed on by what, four rescues in the last fucking six months. And we got a carpet cleaner guy in and we bought a vax machine, but it's just too far gone. It's fucking terrible. So that's going to have to get burned. And she said that, you know, it's a financial commitment. They've cost us a shit ton in vet fees and buying puppy pads and fucking new bedding and all this stuff. So what she's decided to do instead is the charity that we got them from that rescues dogs in Spain. The kennels out there is called Ahsoka. And the charity here is called Save the Dogs. And any donations are gratefully received to any of them. So what she's decided to do is she's going to donate a collar, a couple of collars, a couple of leads and a bed and a blanket a month to Ahsoka to help out. Because she still wants to help out, but the, you know... We, part of the reason for moving through here was to be closer to people and civilization, to have a better fucking social life. And I know the lockdown and the quarantines and all that shit kind of put a kibosh on that anyway. And again, my injuries for last year made last year a complete write-off. But now that we're coming out of it, we now can't go anywhere or fucking meet people for any length of time because we've got these two pricks in the fucking house just toileting everywhere they've got no they're not house trained they've got no fucking experience of being in a house because they were in a dirt compound or on the streets in fucking spain so they don't want to go out and to do the toilet because it's scotland in fucking winter so they're just like i'll piss against this chair i've done it here before i can still smell it i'll just piss here again or i'll just spray up against the poofy or the kitchen cupboard or I'll just shit in the hall, or against the plant pot, or against the front door, or against that radiator, or against that skirting, or anywhere else that they've pissed and shat in the house. So they're going. Next week they're off, and we're going to celebrate by going out for a meal somewhere, and not having to worry about what kind of puddles of defecation we're going to have to come back to. Fucking pair of bastards. So yeah, next next week. Next week they are gone. And I was, you know, I wanted her to be okay with the decision because I'd always said, I will never tell you to get rid of them. I didn't want a dog, but I understood her reason for needing a dog. So her need trumped my diswant. But now, she, as she said, her words, it's got to the point where her need has waned and the need is not worth the misery 
of having ruined carpets and fucking stressing about what state the house is going to be in and them having separation anxiety and all this stuff. So they're going. And the lady that we got them from originally, she, my other half was concerned that she was going to be a bit shitty like when we had to give Romy back because she was just jet washing the dishwasher with skitters by the fucking drop of a hat, just scared of everything and would just lift our tail and just spray fecal matter all over the fucking kitchen and that was not on. I'm happy to report that that has been thoroughly sterilised and thoroughly cleaned and re-skimmed and whatever the fuck else we had to do to clean all that shit off. Literally shit off. But the lassie that we got Romy off when we put her back, she was all kinds of mean. And just unnecessary, like, you know, oh, you sign a contract for a fucking reason and if you're not going to dedicate to rehoming an animal, then you shouldn't do it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but it says on the contract that if it doesn't fucking work out, which sometimes it doesn't, you know, like when we fostered that first Muppet that we had, he fucking shit all over the hall. And I don't know if it was anxiety or whatever, but he fucking sprayed the downstairs hall. And I don't know about anyone else out there, but I don't particularly enjoy having shitey carpets. Oh, man. So, yes, we're getting rid of them. They can fuck off. And, yeah, the the girl from Save the Dogs was very nice about it, and she understood. And we were just honest. We just said, look, we we don't have the knowledge or experience to be able to take care specifically of these dogs' needs. They need a little bit more training and they need somebody who's a bit more versed in this kind of dog. And if we are going to rescue again, we're going to do try and get one who's at least lived in a house before. Because these lads were just in a, like I say, a dust compound, chain link fence. So they're used to just like going to the corner and shitting and then being in amongst their own filth. Which is a fucking shame, but they are used to it. So there you go. Anyway, as of some point next week, no more Senor Dugs, which, again, I know I'm biased, but I'm quite pleased about. Ah, me. Man, oh man, oh man. One last thing to talk about before I head off is a friend of mine who's a bit of a panicky Pete, no offence to any Pete's out there. He calls me up through the day, which he used to do quite a lot. Um, but since he's gone back to work, he doesn't much. But he called me through the day and I thought, oh, this is unusual. So I answers, I says, all right, mate, how are you? How's it going? He goes, ah, oh, shit, I got in trouble last night. And what flashed through my head, I mean, he's been in trouble before previously, but that was a... That was a different life. He's now married with a kid. He's sorting his shit out. So so when he said I got in trouble last night, I was like, fucking. My imagination, which is pretty outrageous at the best of times, start to go fucking wild-like. And I say, oh, Christ, what happened? And he says, I got pulled over by the police. I said, oh, for fuck's sake, I says, were you speeding? He said, well, not technically. I said, what, what do you mean not technically? I says, don't fucking 
Start with riddles. Just tell me what the fuck happened. He says, so, I found this car. Christ almighty. It usually starts with him with a car. He texted me a picture the other day of uh, the top of his ear had been stitched back on because the fucking bumper of a car he was working on fell off and sliced off the top of his ear. So it was held on by a ball hair. So he managed to get to the hospital and get it stitched back together. But anyway, so he says, well, I was being towed in a car by my brother. I says, right. He says, and the police pulled us over because we were towing the car with a tow bar. I was like, right, what's wrong with that? He says, well, it's not just the fact that we were doing the tow bar, it's that my brother was towing us at 70 miles an hour. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, man. I says, what road were you on? And he says, it was the back road from Mostodloch, that's Mostodloch, to Garmouth, which is a 60 for people that don't know. And I said, for fuck's sake, why was he towing you at 70? I says, when was it? He says, last night. I says, at night time, when it's pissing rain, towing you with a tow bar, at 70 mile an hour on a fucking 60. He says, well, that's not the worst part. I says, well, please, skip to the fucking worst part. And at this point, his, son, his son's got this thing. His son's away to start primary school. Um, or maybe he started primary school. No. Next year, he starts primary school, because he's three or four, whatever. He's got this thing, whenever you're on the phone to him or his mother... His son comes in a boot and start. He doesn't like people being on the phone because it means he's not got the undivided attention. So you'll start playing up, and you'll start going, "Daddy, put the thing on," or "I'm hungry," or whatever the fuck it is. Well, this particular day it was, "I'm hungry," so his dad says, "Well, I'll get you something to eat in a minute." I'm speaking to speaking to Uncle Sid. So, he goes, uh, the police pulled us over, and all the time his son's going, Daddy, I'm hungry. He's like, fucking, in a minute. We didn't swear. He says, in a minute, I'm, I'm talking. Daddy, I'm hungry. I says, fucking, I'll let you go. He says, no, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you this. He says, so, they pulled us over, and uh, they checked up on their wee computer and the thing, and they said, for driving the car without insurance... It's six points and a £300 fine. And he goes, but I wasn't driving, I was being towed. And this guy, now, I think they were just trying to put the fear into him. And as I, as I tell you this scenario, I think you're going to agree. They said it doesn't matter. It's your vehicle. And because you're being towed with a bar and not an A-frame, technically you're in charge of this vehicle that you've just bought that it turns out you're not insured for. So you're getting fucking done. But this brother who was towing them, the police, air quotes police, in this unmarked car, look at his fucking licence and then tell him to get back in his car, but tell my mate that he's going to get done. And I'm like, mate, there's absolutely no way. I says, first of all, if they considered you as driving without insurance, they can confiscate the fucking car. And if you had six points... And a three, if they gave you a fixed penalty notice, that's and you've only had your license a year, they would revoke it straight away. 
And he goes, well, they never asked to see my licence. I said, so what did they say? He said, what's your name? What's your address? And they looked at my details and they said, oh, your licence is still registered at your old address. And he says, yeah, I haven't had a chance to change it yet. And they're like, well, you better do it soon. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I will. I said, so they didn't give you a fixed penalty then? He says, no, no. They said that the, they'll decide what to do with it in court. I said, well, did they give you a bit of paper? Did they give you anything? He said, no. I says, well, they're fucking having you on, mate. I says, how in the fuck can they pull you and say that they're go- they are going to give you six points and a fixed penalty, a fine of £300, but then not give you anything? And if they say that it's going to be the court decides, then there's no guarantee that it will even be six points. I says, speak to a fucking solicitor. I said, well, did they give points? And, they said, and he said, no. Shite, I've just said his name. Ah, well, you're not to know who else it is. So, I says, well, he was the one in charge of the tow. He was towing you. You're in a vehicle that can't drive under its own volition. How in the fuck is he not getting any points or a telling off or anything, but they say that they reckon you're going to get six points and a fine? And he goes, yeah, that's the gist of it. I says, well, that's that's bullshit. They're trying to frighten you. They're trying to just scare you so you fucking wisen the beef, like. And all this time, his son's going, Daddy, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, Daddy. She says, right, fine. He says, here, you can have an apple. I don't want an apple. I want a marshmallow. And he says, son, it's fucking, whatever it is, 10 o'clock in the morning. A marshmallow's a sweetie. You're near getting a sweetie. A marshmallow's near sweetie. I'm hungry. He says, you're getting a fucking apple. You're starting to piss me off now. A marshmallow's a sweetie. It's not a sweetie. I want a marshmallow. And he goes, Jesus. He says, I'm going to have to go. And the son says once more, he says, A marshmallow's near sweetie. And he goes, look, you're four. I'm 32. I know more than you. A marshmallow is a cunting sweetie. He didn't say cunting, but a marshmallow is a sweetie. And he starts crying. He says, look, I'm going to have to go. And I says to him, I says, listen, speak to a solicitor. He goes, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I says, mate, I'm 40, you're 32. I know more than you. Speak to a fucking solicitor. So I'll have to check up with him, see if he did or not. But I think that's... That's bullshit. I think it was, even if it was police, it might have just been people in a fucking, un, in a fucking Astra just bought lights off eBay or some pish and pretended to be plainclothes police officers because they fucking didn't ask him anything. He said that they had to look up on their phone the specific law about towing. And if his brother was, like, towing the car, at 70 fucking mile an hour in a 60. Why didn't they fucking do anything to him? I think I said I think he'll be okay. But we'll see. I'm not a specialist in road traffic law. You know. Excuse me. Excuse me. That coffee is awful gassy. So yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But, um, fucking that's it. That's everything I've got for the last week, ten days. So, yeah, if you 
If you do want to, if you are into donating to shit, then uh, the kennel in Spain is called Ahsoka. And uh, one of the many charities that helps them out, rehoming dogs into the UK and various other places, is called Save the Dogs with a Z because they're cool. And, um, um, fucking that's it, guys. Text people. People that you think about but don't necessarily speak to every day, just reach out once in a while. Quick message, WhatsApp, fucking Facebook Messenger, text, whatever. Say, it's been a wee while. Just thought I'd check in. Hope you're doing well. Hope the family's okay. Um, fucking give me a call. Give me a text sometime. Be there. Be there for people. And maybe if you start reaching out to people more, people reach out to you. I don't know. I don't know what your life's like. I don't know who your friends are. Do what you like. I don't fucking care. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I do care. So, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, loons and quines in Doric. And I can fit the Doric for non-binary as I might have to look at that. Figure it out again. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, non-binaries prefer not to say until I speak to you all again, have a wonderful rest of the week and an upcoming weekend. Alrighty. Fucking... Like an-